Welcome to Pragmatic Live. I'm Mark Stiving, a pragmatic marketing instructor, and today I'm talking with John Gattrell, another pragmatic instructor with many years of experience managing marketing and product teams. Welcome, John. Hey, good morning, Mark. Thanks for uh, getting us online and, and talking a little bit about product management and marketing. So, John, you recently published an article on Convince and Convert titled The Eight Guiding Principles for Today's Product Marketing. Love the article, by the way. Now, we don't have time to go through all eight, but let's just talk about that first one. That principle was don't overlook position, purpose, and personas. To me, that almost seems like three principles bundled into one. Can you go ahead and explain this to our listeners? Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and I can certainly see how that alliteration maybe makes it look like it's three units. But if we work backwards from the article, think about, you know, what is the persona? You know, who are we trying to engage with our content? How are we putting together programs or campaigns that have that, that single focus to influence a given buyer in your marketplace? And if we think about that, that buyer, that persona, the person that makes decisions, for, for our solutions in the market when we're evaluating. You know, you got to kind of figure out what's the story you're going to tell them. So what's that core position, that message that you're going to reinforce with, with every touch, every effort to nurture and move that, that uh, potential lead or at least that buyer who's consuming our content to maybe take an action. And that action is really the purpose, right? I mean, so, and so if I think about my target, my persona, and then I think about the story or the core message we want to put out there, our position, then we have to identify what's the purpose of writing content, of creating materials, you know, why would that influencer want to engage our company, our brand, or our content? And so that's the purpose, and and so what are we going to give them that's valuable, right? And so the purpose could be we're going to give you something that helps you justify solving the problem in your life and your business as part of your buying criteria. The purpose could be, you know, come to our website, explore, look at some of our content, and then if something is valuable, convert them further down their process of, of, of engaging our, our organization and our website. And so purpose is what is that valuable thing that both you as a vendor are going to give the buyer, that reader, the persona, and then what action do we want that persona to take Maybe it's sign up for a newsletter, share our white paper, or like our Facebook page. And so that's really kind of the, the concept of position, purpose, and place as we think about some core requirements as strategic marketers to put better, more engaging content out there, if, if, if certainly that, that makes sense to you, Mark. Oh, absolutely. And we normally think of that purpose as what action do we want our buyers to take after we deliver some marketing message. But you added to that What's the value we're delivering? So what's the purpose that they're even going to engage with our content in the first place? I mean, it's a driver, right? I mean, why do they wake up one day and say, engage our company, our brand? Well, I'll be using pragmatic marketing as an example. And so if we think about the content we create, whether it's our newsletters or our magazine, you know, we want to provide education. We want folks to see what our customers are doing. We want folks to see those emerging trends in the marketplace and really build that, that position of how can we help the community solve their problems. And so when we create content, whether it's this podcast or some of our, our print materials and, and our online materials, you know, we're always saying, you know, how can we better meet the expectations of the reader that are making decisions, those buying personas, or, you know, our existing customers that are effectively users. 
you know, as alumni and the like. Great segue to my next real topic, and that is the difference between user personas and buyer personas. It seems to me that if companies are even doing personas, they're so much more often doing user personas and not buyer personas. What are you seeing and, and what's the difference? So if I kind of look at buyers and, and users, in many organizations, just because we want to build the right product, we want to get the right design, we want to make sure that the experience for our users and their customer lifecycle works appropriately to give them the impact they need to be successful using you know, products that, that are built or your products that are built. You know, we spend a lot of time trying to understand the user. However, you can't get any users until you actually have people that pay you money and buy your product. And if you look at kind of those two universes, how do we design the product, and then how do we tell the right story, if you will, for a buyer, you know, we got to – and here's a bumper sticker that just keeps kind of popping in my head. You know, you have to think about what's the story you're going to tell to the buyer to get the deal, and then what's the right product to build to get those renewals, those add-on sales. And so we really, at Pragmatic and and throughout the industry from a best practice perspective, what you see is there's people that create these archetypical representations of the folks that participate before making a decision of who they're going to go with after they evaluate. And those buyers have different roles. And it can be, you know, I'm the decision maker who owns the budget maybe, or I'm a procurement person or a technical reviewer. And those different actors, those personas, have different things they care about before the transaction. Like a procurement officer wants to make sure you're compliant to their process, that, you know, you meet their requirements. And that procurement officer is never going to use the product. You know, and so if I, if I take those two kind of examples of the product user, the user persona, and the buying persona of a procurement officer, if we're creating a development tool set that allows you to audit, you know, your, your cloud environment of how you're, users move through the UI, well, if that's the product we create, then the procurement officer is never going to use that. But if we want to be more effective in driving transactions, we've got to know what that procurement officer cares about. And so when we think of buyers and users, there's things you care about before the transaction to get the deal. And then you've got to deliver the, the solution to those users to get those add-on sales. That's probably the easiest way that I can create a clean cut between buyers and users. And even saying that, clean cut, that's maybe a little bit disingenuous because sometimes our users, those functional folks, actually influence the decision. And it's that overlap between buyers and users, I think that creates lots of confusion in folks' minds. If I were to kind of look at organizations we worked with historically, both you and I at Pragmatic Marketing. Great answer, John. I really appreciate that one. Now, what about companies who aren't even doing buyer personas? What do you think is holding them back from that? Are they just not aware of the power of the buyer persona? I mean, certainly there's an awareness issue or at least maybe a desire to believe that the people that use our products are the same ones that buy them, especially if your your product's more of a technically focused product, like a database or security solution. But as you move to business, applications or process automation tools and the like, you'll find that in those types of organizations, they see that complexity or that difference between buyers and users. So I think kind of where do you live on that spectrum 
business to technical focus. I think that's one reason that, that organizations more towards the technical focus a lot on the user and why they don't acknowledge in some organizations, regardless of where they are on that spectrum, is they may not have the capacity, they may not have the charter, for lack of a better phrase, to empower those those members of the product team that works with sales, that does sales enablement, that does messaging and puts out our campaigns. You know, they're working day in and day out in those tactical inbox focus, I like to call it random acts of marketing, that it's hard to lift their head above the noise and actually seek or listen to the market, for lack of a better phrase. And so when you're when your head's down building products, it's really easy to embrace the user persona. But when you're kind of more in the messaging and buyer engagement or content creation or program creation, you're doing so much work just churning out content that it's hard to just step back and say, what's the right persona? What's the right way to focus our content? And, uh, and I think capacity is an issue as well as awareness. So that's how I might characterize the challenges with organizations embracing buyer personas. Yeah, and it also seems to me that we or the product team members are spending so much time, A, trying to get the product right, and then B, figuring out how to explain the product in things like the presentations and the demos that we focus on that user just so much. And we never take that step back to say, who's actually making the decision? Who are the salespeople calling on to try to get this thing sold? And what can we do to help them? And, and so that leads me to, a, to another really interesting question. That's how do we as product team members figure out who those buyers should be? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. If I, if I step back and, you know, there's always the, the reliance or the desire to work with sales because certainly sales is working with the buyers day in and day out. And, you know, I think engaging your channels, understanding who they work with as a starting point, kind of, you know, who is that decision maker? Who's, you know, how does procurement participate or users? And when you, you get that insight from sales, sometimes we stop, right? You know, we think, hey, we have the title of the likely person to engage. But what we don't have is the context of how they participate and what's their influence over that decision. And so certainly sales is the first place I would stop to get a kind of a tick list of attributes or commonalities of archetypical data sets to figure out where to start. But I'm not sure that's where I'd finish. I do things like win-loss interviews and analysis. And if we do those kinds of discovery, uh, those, those qualitative research items, we learn things not just like titles. We learn things like roles, you know, who actually makes the decision, who's impacted in the business by the problem. And once we kind of have that empathy, that context, and we step back and say, we understand their role. We understand what the impact of this problem. But now how do we tell the right story or create the right tools to empower sales to have the discussions with the right buyers, not just potentially people we know? And I think that familiarity with the user, again, sort of corrupts our understanding of who we should engage and why we should engage a given organization or a buyer with, with what type of content. And so I would say start with sales, use win-loss, and there's certainly other techniques and tools that you can use. Go to trade shows and watch the breakouts, go to conferences, and, and certainly uh, maybe look at the videos online, read what they read. There's lots of you know sort of steady-state things you can do sitting at your desk. 
but I think getting on the phone and getting face-to-face really gives you uh, a much better experience when you interview or you understand or try to understand what's working and not working with a win-loss call. Yeah, those are those are really good ideas. I think the big takeaway that I'm hoping the product marketers out there are going to take is that you have to consciously say there's a difference between a buyer and a user, and now let's figure out how we're going to go find them, how we're going to talk to them, what they care about. Does that seem reasonable? Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's how do they make a decision, right? Uh, and then mm-hmm. how, not necessarily how they're going to use it, and then who, are those universes the same or different? And that's the eye-opener. Once you realize that, so many folks that use our products actually, I mean, when I say products, I mean, you know, us as software vendors, for lack of a better phrase, when they use our products, we don't see that day in and day out delta between buyers and users because we're living making products that delight our customers. So we're certainly over-invested on users. Yeah, excellent. So we spent most of the time, and we're almost out of time here, John, most of the time of those three Ps only on the persona. As we wrap it up, is there anything that you want to add to the positioning or the purpose, the story, or the action that we want to throw in here? And so if you think about positioning, you know, it's that point in the mind of the market that you want to truly own. What is that core message, and then how would that resonate and connect to a persona? And the reason I have really anchored everything off of personas is because personas – from a buying perspective, have certain criteria and processes they use to make that decision. And if we do things like win-loss and we go out and work with sales, we'll find out certainly there's different participants, but each of those participants care about different things. So the persona becomes the anchor for the core message that resonates to that role making a decision in the buying process. And then based on our understanding of how they make a decision, We create content materials to address each of those items with the purpose of hopefully engaging our company and our brand because we've satisfied those those requirements for the buyer to make a better decision. I guess ask the question, tell me more, software vendor or technology vendor, and that tell me more could be sign up for a newsletter. It could be download a white paper. It could be call me now because there's an opportunity, if that helps. Well, excellent, John. That's a great way to wrap this up because – we started out with the three P's, persona, position, and purpose, seem like three different principles. But in truth, it's really all that one. They all have to work together. We're not going to have any resonance in the minds of our market, in the minds of our buyers. Certainly summarized it perfectly. And, and uh, we've got to have that target and what's going to work for that target, without a doubt. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for talking to me today, John. It's been fun, as always. And if anyone in our audience has any questions they'd like one of our experts to address, Would you please email us at experts at pragmaticmarketing.com? We love answering questions. And, John, I'll see you on the road. Have a great day, Mark. Thank you very much.